Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the season preview episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope you are doing very, very well. As always, thank you to all of our wonderful patrons over at Patreon. Have to say thank you to our newest patrons, Andreas Fonk, who you can find on Twitter at Roma Zone. That is at R O M A Z O N E. And also a big thank you to the sponsor of this episode, MyBookie. If you go to MyBookie.com and use promo code Roma, press MyBookie will match your first deposit up to $1,000. So they have all the leagues, City A starting up. Obviously, you can get great bets on there for the City A, Premier League, Bundesliga. NBA, NFL, they have it all. So if you like to bet on sports, whichever the sport it is, mybookie.com and use promo code Roma Press. Okay, Andy, before we get into the season preview stuff, at this very moment, Arik Milik is undergoing his medical in Switzerland, not Austria. And Jekyll, uh, who was supposed to arrive at Torino, his agent told us that yesterday, that they expected to not partake in the match against Verona, which is tomorrow, tomorrow evening, uh, and they expected to complete the move today. Obviously, with some of the holdup that Milik had with Napoli, everything gets pushed back. So before we get into the season preview, before we get into tomorrow's match, this is going to happen, uh, barring some sort of catastrophic, um, something catastrophic happening here. And collapsing the entire deal. I know we've talked about it a few times like ad nauseum about how we feel about Milik. But now that it's happening and now that it looks like, and, and Fonseca even admitted it, that that probably they've been in talks for Smalling and, and they seem confident in the fact that they can get him. It does look like Roma's market is is essentially going to be over once you bring Milik, Smalling, you know, maybe a backup striker, you would hope, and maybe somebody on the right. I don't know. Given that, though, happy with the window? Well, if it turns out the way you just said it would, then then I must consider myself happy considering all the negative expectations I had going into this transfer market. And um, listen, you know, parting ways with with Jekyll was always going to be difficult. I'm I'm one of his most outspoken critics, but uh, I can recognize the the greatness that um, you know he he blessed us with. Uh, some of the most exciting games came from uh, Jekyll scoring wonder goals. I'm I'm looking at Ch- the Chelsea game. I'm looking at Barcelona. Uh, and he's been he's been a pivotal figure at this club, but at the same time, this day was always going to come. It was always going to happen. Uh, and you know, I have a hard time looking at um, better alternatives than than Milik right yes. now in this current footballing world, um, and in this current pande- pandemic landscape where. You know, most deals are are really just difficult to crack, and and here you at least you had the advantage that uh, Milik is on his way out from Napoli, um, and and was about to you know be for free, but at the same time you just had to go, and this was a smart decision. Um, 
and listen if you can i think i my gut feeling is that we we scrap the fullback position as a priority on this market the solution is at home as we say in italian uh carsdorp it's pretty clear that you know uh, all the money that perhaps could have been invested in that position is going for smalling perhaps a backup striker but we must consider that the the fullback position on the right side is 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 complete with Bruno Perez and Karsdorp for this upcoming season. Yeah, so Karsdorp, it looked like it was all done. It looked like he was going to go to Genoa uh, <laughs> alongside Juan Jesus. Now it looks like neither of those is going to happen. Juan Jesus, we've talked about that ad nauseum as well. I don't even want to get into it, but Karsdorp and. And he, wait, Juan Jesus just just got excluded from the call-up yes, list. Yes, we just found that uh, out a moment Verona. ago. And yeah, if there has ever been a more obvious message trying to be sent by the club, it's okay, fine. If this is how you want to play, you're not. This is how you want to handle things. You want to reject Cagliari. You don't want to accept a deal from from Genoa. You don't want to go live in Genova for some reason or another. This is it's abundantly clear that they're they're trying to send a message to him. Okay. But now on the right, we already know how you feel about my good friend Bruno, okay? But you yes. couple him with Carsdorp. <sighs> I think this is a big, big risk. Now, regardless of how you feel about Bruno Perez, I think okay, that's fine. Set that aside. When you couple that with Carsdorp though. Man, this is a guy that has not proven. Okay, he's been here since 2017, Andy. Three years. He has been a a player of Roma, and not one time has he proven that he can stay healthy for an entire season. Whether you like the guy or not, I think he's done well in preseason. I think we all would admit that. But uh, come on, this is a this is a massive risk. You no, know? massive. It is a massive risk, but uh, listen, the alternative was the Chilio, okay? That's fair that's, enough. I think Absolute, that that's enough. that's the premise. That's the premise and really the conclusion to to this um to this so-called deal because it really betting on Karsdorp is a deal for for this upcoming season, but the alternative is is the Chilio. That's and I I I really don't believe that we would have gone for anybody of of more substance uh i you know last year we went for zapacosta <laughs> and what happened he was out for the majority of the season um going for a decilio kind of player um with that kind of salary really would have just uh just killed the whole season from the start um in karsdorp I I at least have the guarantee that this is a guy with some sort of personality, mm. um, with some sort of positive qualities, because going forward, he's still strong. Um, as you said, the injury history is the issue. Um, I I can't say I particularly followed him when uh, when he returned when he returned to PSV, um, but but at the same time. It's a matter of choosing be- be- between between literally shit and and oh, Karsdorp, gosh. and you know I'll I'm sorry, but I'll go for Karsdorp any day of the week. And the reality of the situation is that you have to decide if 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 Smalling is really crucial for you, and all the signs are pointing to uh, 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 Roma uh, really considering Smalling a pivotal player for them. 
Yeah, I, I, I think we a, a concession has to be made somewhere, right? You're you're going to um you're 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 going to give something up one way or the other in some sort of role. So as you just alluded to, if Smalling is the one that they want to 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 punt on and and, and count on and make the target and the priority, then I think you have to give something up in another role. So Karsdor Perez on the right, and then Calafiori, Spinazzola on the left. Again, I said this in the last one. I, I think if you take the entire team, this is obviously the the two roles of most concern. Now, he uh, Paolo Fonseca did say today that tomorrow against Verona, Karsdorp, Spinazzola, they will both be starting. Hearing that has to be a three at the back then, right? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's not, it's really not surprising. Um, I just, you know, it, it, when he said that Kumbula is, is, is not ready to, to start. Uh, the, the really, it's the thought of <laughs> tomorrow seeing Cristante uh, lead our backline oh, oh. is, is enough of a reason to really just go all in on Smalling. It's, it's, it's just that simple. Um, because really, yes, we are taking, you know, a risk. Uh, both on the left flank and on the right, because Spinazzola and Calafiori are are, are really not a guarantee, um, same as Bruno Perez and Karsdorp. But at least if you can provide this team with with a with you know a backline that uh, is 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 mean, aggressive, and can build some trust with the midfield, then I'll be happy. Um, just just figure out that backline because we've seen. Some some horrible communication between goalkeepers and and midfielders and the backline uh, before before the season ended and and even in the preseason now it was just a lot of miscommunication and I think if you can get somebody like Smalling in there um, that will certainly improve uh, that that you know that's that's as far as we can go and then the question of the backup striker again is. Is a question of can Roma financially do right. it in, in in this particular window? Because if not, you still have a lot of options out there that can be dangerous playing as a false nine. Both Pedro and Miketarian can do it. Uh, so that's it's really a question if can do Roma want to go there? Do Roma want to make that small extra effort? Yeah, I completely agree. All right, so so let's go into the season preview now. After that, we'll we'll discuss very briefly the match against Verona. So, we touched upon the window. What are the expectations for this? Because it, it does feel very much, and, and we discussed this when Friedkin initially arrived. Does this season for you have the feel of sort of a a, a year of transition, a a year of maybe even experimentation to a certain level because Jekyll on his way out you have Fonseca in his second year you have not many new additions but you have a few who are coming into the starting 11 at least it looks like you'll right you'll have obviously Kumbula you'll you'll have um we'll see how the how the how the fullback shake out it could be Karsdorp he obviously right. wasn't here last season so perhaps Calafiori perhaps Calafiori so for me it, it is very difficult to understand what the actual expectations are for this season because I've I, I've seen some say you know what it, it, it nothing has changed has to be Champions League and I've seen others say 5th, 6th, 7th, 
that they would be content with. So it's very difficult to, to get a consensus as to how people think the actual objectives and what they should be for this team. I, to be frank with you, I don't even know what they are. I, I can understand both. Do they have enough talent to finish in the top four? I do think it's difficult, but I obviously think it's possible. But then I understand the standpoint as well. You have new ownership. You don't even have a sporting director. You have a coach in his second season. Your top goal scorer, one of the most prolific goal scorers in your club's history, is about to leave for a very big plus Valenza, I might add. You're bringing in a new striker um, who, who, for the past couple of seasons, has not been a first choice. So for you, is where, where is the truth in this, or is it somewhere in the middle? Is it both a season of transition, but also one where you still can't lower your objectives? Well, it's exactly that. It's a year of transition where your expectations might not match the final objectives of this team because uh, Roma cannot afford uh, to to have a year of transition. And um, they, they, Roma is a club. They really need to get back into Champions League football. Um, I my, my expectation from a year of transition where you're still, you know, uh, trying to get rid of of, of of dead weight, trying to fit young pieces into into making a successful team, trying to still find some use for players like Karsdorp, um, who you know were on the margins of of the project up until uh, a couple of days ago. Um, so uh, from that, my expectations would be totally. Uh, different from the actual objectives i would actually say okay this is you know this is a season where you can where you can see what happens try a few things see if they work take take a few risks but the truth is that uh, roma are are in desperate need of champions league football champions league money and 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 so that's 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 the way it is is that you can say all you want that this is a year of transition that this is a new roma that this is a Roma that is trying to build something. Uh, but at the same time, the results must come. And, and, and the future of many people at this club is, is, is tied to the success or, or not of this, of this particular season, um, especially Fonseca. This is his second season. Um, he, has to, he has to reach certain objectives. He has to sort of put, put his words to practice and um, build a team that can play uh, in a way that, you know, helps you to win and not actually, you know, a team that is still emotionally vulnerable, um, that still suffers from a backline that can't find a balance, uh, a midfield that really can't find a connection uh, with, with with the defense. And so it, it's all about expectations, yes, but at the same time, there are some underlying uh, objectives that you know cannot be swept under a rug because some things, some issues, some financial concerns that this club is facing will not just simply go away, unfortunately. Yeah, that, that's a good assessment. So let's let's just sort of take each department individually. We'll start with goalkeeper, defense, midfield, and attack. And just very briefly, just a couple of words on them. So Paulo Fonseca was asked today in his press conference, as we start with goalkeeper here, who's going to start tomorrow between Mirante and Paulo Lopez? And he didn't... I, I, I thought this was actually very curious because in the past when Paulo Lopez has struggled... 
Fonseca has been very, very quick, I guess you would say, to defend him, right? Even when he made that error against Lazio, he was very, very quick in the post-match press conference to come to the defense of Paulo Lopez. If, if I can recall, this is one of the first times where I remember pretty distinctly where he he leaves sort of the, 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 the goalkeeping question open-ended. He doesn't give a definitive answer. What do you think? Because for me, it, it's almost like you have to play Paulo Lopez because you spent so much on him. If you do want to eventually get rid of him, nobody's going to pay anywhere close to what you did last summer. So for me, I know it's obviously a risk, but even if you don't view him as the long-term answer, I almost feel like Roma's hand is forced with having to play him. Yeah, you you have to play him because you can't have another Olsen situation um, going into a new season. Uh, With Olsen... For 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 the first part of the season, everything was going well, right? And 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 it, or well, to an extent, it was you know it was a new goalkeeper. It was acceptable to to make mistakes. There are there were some games where where he he, he showed promise, um, but then once once the domino effect of uh, Eusebio Di Francesco leaving, uh, Monchi leaving, um, went into effect. Um, Olsen was remoted to to the bench, um, but that was a matter of 12, ga- 12 games. I would be really surprised if we went into this season with Paul Lopez um, sitting on the bench. That it, it, I don't think that can happen. Um, also, because really, I I think that a lot of this depends on uh, on this backline. Um, you you have to give some reassurances, and and Roma's backline has been far from solid um, so far, and and far from consistent. That's the main thing is that it's been far from consistent. Um, I think Paulo Lopez is still a player that can give you a lot. Um, obviously, mentally, he he hasn't been here since um, making that mistake against Lazio, and and so on and on. And there were some episodes that really put my patience to test but at the same time too much is at stake here you know going into this new season you need that big name uh goalkeeper um ready to to save uh to save you in critical situations you cannot have mirante again right okay defense i feel like with the defense the entire outlook of it is contingent upon Smalling arriving or not arriving, right? Is that the same way you feel? Because I, I think the Roma with Smalling, you have a much different feeling than the one without it, no? Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> because here you can... you, you, if, you if you take Smalling on, you can still exclude the likes of Juan Jesus from the squad. You can still... Um, say okay, well, we we will not play with Cristante in the backline, and w- without 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 Smalling, you will have to take unnecessary r- risks. Um, you may not have to say goodbye to the likes of Fazio. Um, it, it, it immediately puts the Roma defense defense in a different context, where. Yes, the starting lineup can be strong, but at the same time, you look at the bench. What what if something happens? What if somebody gets like Mancini, who likes to get you know cards left and right? What if he has to sit for a game or two? Um, you you Roma cannot afford again 
to have these crucial positions so exposed. And I think uh, just having the presence of somebody like Smalling, who's familiar with with Roma, who's familiar with how Fonseca wants to play, um, can really give you an extra boost, uh, some some you know like a, like a comfort blanket. Yeah, again, I I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I think the makeup, the the outlook of the Roma with Smalling versus without him, it, it feels like it's completely different because. Again, we touched upon it in the last episode. You have Mancini, 24. You have Ibanez, 21. You have Kumbula, 20. I think you need that steady presence of a guy who has been there before, who has won things, who has been through just about everything you can go through in football, difficult moments, the good moments. And we all know how he performed last season. So I think they absolutely have to get him in there as soon as possible. And I do think they will. Uh, For as long as this has dragged out, I I do think eventually they will find a deal for him. Uh, Midfield now. Okay. So 3-4-2-1, You know, it, it still feels like regardless of the formation, you still have the same names in there, regardless of how Fonseca decides to play. So... Three four two one, Diawara Veretu. Is there any reason to change anything? No different than if he played four two three one. Pellegrini, Pellegrini is a ten. Veretu Diawara next to each other. Uh, I don't really see much changing. Do you? No, I mean, again, it's. I think it's just a matter of um, the guarantees that players like Pellegrini can bring you. And this, we we've said this before, but this season. You know, with with the likes of Kolarov, potentially Jeko gone, um, Florenzi gone. Uh, you know, you have you 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 have this Pellegrini figure who's most likely going to be your captain, yes. and a lot of, a lot depends on him. A lot depends on him, especially in that role as a as as a ten. Um, he he needs to find the confidence and 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 the you know just just be aggressive for once and and he needs to step up because this is it you know we've been talking about this is it this is it this is it but this is really it you know it's it's what it is again quoting the great joe pesci <laughs> um and it it has to it had to happen you know at some point a player like pellegrini with all the hype with all the criticisms at, at the same time there had to be a moment where it's in or out and i believe that this season is in or out for him and and he knows it. I hope that he responds positively to the pressure. 100%. This is his make or break for the last few years. I, I You know, he has had an alibi for just about everything. You know, uh, 2017, 2018, first season back in Roma. 2018, 2019, you have, you know, you have the entire upheaval. You have your 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 the manager that he was used to at Sassuolo the season before being sacked, then last season new manager. So this has to be the one for him. I I, I think there are no more excuses for him. And again, we 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 are very tough on him. Maybe a little more than than needed at times. But I think the reason for that is because we do see the moments that he pulls things out of his hat that are, are world class. But then you see him lacking in attitude, lacking in determination, lacking in character at these other moments. For me, the the biggest thing for him, you have these hit for, for Pellegrini, the highs are very high, but the lows are very low. 
for him, he just needs that consistency, the consistency that, you know, for him, I remember where the first part of last season, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And then after December, from from basically January, even until after the lockdown yep. break. He, when the team started playing bad. Right. When the team started just going down the, the drain. Exactly. And the, it's moments like that where you need the players with character who know the environment, who know the city, who know the club. Those are the ones who have to bring everybody up. You you sort of have to put everybody else on your shoulders and bear the burden, and that is something that he hasn't done. And as you just said, more than likely with the departure of Jekyll, you don't have Florenzi here anymore. At 99%, he is going to be your captain. And we talked about Florenzi in one episode where if you met the guy, even if it's not having watched him on the television, if you just met him, he's just a guy who doesn't have those characteristics that, that that's not him he and i'm not saying that's a bad thing he's a again i'll say it again florenzi lovely lovely guy but he just lacks those characteristics that you see in somebody like like jeco kolodov totti derossi they just have this attitude about them and florenzi doesn't have that i'm eager to see if pellegrini has that because really He's always been under the wing of these other champions who are at the club, and that is not going to be the case. Milik is coming in. Uh, Milik is only a couple years older than Pellegrini. Right. So he is going to be the one um, that that has to start shouldering more of the burden. And, and I think for him, this, again, this season, it really is make or break because I do think he is out of excuses now. And again, I think he can do it. He has he has the quality. It's never been a question about quality. It has always been a question more about attitude, a question more about consistency. And that's what he has to show this season. Again, he's out of excuses. All right, the attack. Mkhitaryan, um, um, Milik, Clivert, Perez. Uh, depending if they bring in another name, we don't know. Pedro. This is um, <laughs> this is going to be interesting because, again, you and I have talked about quite often how if you remove Jekyll or Mkhitaryan from this team, they could probably play for five hours and the odds of them scoring a right. goal in the past were very, very slim. Well, one of those two is now departing and you're bringing in Milik. We've already talked about how we both, there are some things about him we like, much different player than, than Jekyll. Now, statistically, they do have some similarities, but the way they play is is completely, completely different. The thing I'm curious to see, Andy, is we all know about Jekko's work rate. We know about his hold-up play. <sighs> Milik just doesn't have that level of hold-up play. Again, much more technical striker, technically gifted than that of Jekko. So I, I feel like, and we just have to wait and see. We just don't know. I, I feel like the entire complexion of the team now is going to change, and we talked yep. about Pellegrini just a moment ago. I think he is going to have to step up with goals. I think Mkhitaryan is going to have to step up even more with the goals. Is that sort of how you feel? Because I, I, I really don't know what to expect from them in attack because the way they play with Dzeko is so specific and catered to his qualities. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, I really hope that Mkhitaryan is, is ready to embrace this season as a leader, because I see him as a leader up front now there. Um, I, I see all his intelligence and ability to 
you know, being the key to to showing the others the way. And um, Fonseca will need to learn that, you know, now there is no Dzeko. You cannot play the same way as you did with Dzeko, with Milik. Um, it cannot be like that. That you know you 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 don't have Jacko and the whole team dies down. The whole team sort of flattens. Um, there there isn't anybody who is able to get into the six yard area. There isn't anybody willing to hold up the ball. Um, you know I I really expect this team to at least until Milik comes there or when Milik if if Milik wouldn't be available or whatever um this team needs to find an alternative system they need to remember when when uh, Spalletti was was here and Jeko was playing horrible and and so he started putting uh, the trio of El Sharawi, Perotti and and Salah and and he found found he found something there that was something that worked and i think roma need to have a plan b like that now um, you have some exciting players. I think Pedro can bring a, a lot to this club. This is, you know, this is no Pastore. This is still a guy who who has a lot of of, of strength and energy in his legs, um, a lot of skill. Perez w- just waiting to prove himself. Again, great talent. He cannot add a lot. Clivert, you know, if he stays, uh, I think he again just just because he's been here two years. It's got to be him as well, right? This is again. This is not no time to 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 you know to play around. This is time to put in the work. Um, and so Roma, their priority is to find an alternative to having that big striker up top, and then incorporating Milik in there, understanding that Milik is different, that Milik can can give you things that Jeko didn't, but he also cannot give you some things that Jeko was brilliant at. And and that's it. We all need to understand that this is going to be a very different team after Jekyll leaves. It, it, we 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 said it for for much much time, but this is this is actually happening. Pedro too, and oh my gosh, you mentioned Pastore. We didn't even talk about him <laughs> for the midfield. Uh, wow, um, it's amazing. Probably sitting somewhere in Barcelona. Oh, it tanning. is amazing the wages that Roma hand out to guys to not play. It's it's just, it's depressing just to think about it. Okay, so real quickly then, let's get to let's get to the match for tomorrow. Opening match against Verona, for me, um, I, I think if there's, of the teams that did well last season, the ones that are going to have a drop-off, I think Verona and Parma are probably my two votes to have the biggest ones. Verona... They lost mm-hmm. some pieces, obviously. Uh, just like Parma, they have this new owner who, please watch the video that he put out. He has the scariest eyes <laughs> I have ever seen. Did you see that in his welcome video? Yeah, of the course. guy did not blink for <laughs> 90 seconds in that welcome video. It was He looked like Jonah Hill in Wolf of Wall Street after three doses of pure Bolivian yeah, cocaine. When, when, yeah, when they're on the plane, when he's yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> wow, yeah, that was that was quite the video. Um I, I listen, this Fenona team, I I was looking at the probable formations of all the of all the newspapers and it's just the particularly in the midfield and up front, they just do not have much quality. But having said that, uh, 
Roma, uh, particularly in these, these uh, you don't want to call this one pivotal or that important, but it is the first match of the season. And obviously getting getting started on the right foot is important. So is it hyperbole to call this one a pivotal match? Yes, but I, th- I, think, I think I'm trying to say that it still is important nonetheless. <sighs> they need... They- they need to win this, A, and B, I think they should win this because Verona, again, I just think they lack so much quality. They've lost names at the back, they've lost names in the midfield, and attack, even last season, it just lacks so much quality. For me, it's a it's a massive disappointment if you don't leave Veneto with at least three points because I, I think player for player, they are just so much more talented. Oh yeah, you you well. This is you know Roma uh, need to set the tone again. You have to set the tone. Um, you have to find the right balance. I'm not saying this has to be a perfectly played game. I'm not saying this has to end six to nothing in our favor. But uh, they they can't come out scared, you know. And this is Juric's team. Some pieces have left, others have stayed, but I be- I still believe that this is the kind of coach who's always going to be a pain in the ass. Doesn't matter what team he coaches. Yeah, they play the same um, way. He's a Gasparini yeah. prodigy. It's the same football. Yes, yes. But this is. I mean, this is the guy that played that uh, famous game uh, in the final Totti game, right? Yes. He, he was the one coaching Genoa at that time. Uh, always a pain in the ass, historical. So it's not going to be easy. But at the same time, I expect Roma to really come out with with something to prove. Now, the question is, does Dzeko start? And Fonseca says that Dzeko will start. So again, it's going to be very weird seeing that and being aware of the fact that this is his last game. He's going to, you know, he's going to go to the probably the best team in Serie A, big time opponents, it's going to feel weird. At the same time, it would be nice to to rem- to have a fond memory of this game. I just think that again, you don't want to overstate. Okay, it's one match; it's the first match of the season. But again, I, I think starting on the right foot is is critically important. And real quick, just on Jeko, yeah, I, I just double checked with his agent. They they do think after the match tomorrow uh, that that operation goes through. Milik arriving at Roma, Jeko going. And arriving in Torino to join Juve. All right. So, real quick, before we go, we have to make our prediction of where Roma finished in the table for the season. The part that people can pick apart and uh, play in eight months and call us imbeciles for. Which is (laughs) always fun. Okay. Where are they finishing? I say fifth. Oh, damn it. You you stole my pick. Oh, you say say fifth then. I don't care. I'm I'm saying fifth, but I'm af- I'm always afraid that I'm going to come out as the negative one. No, no, um, I, I don't. Is I, that negative? Can we agree? Can but can we agree that we are we are fighting for fourth spot? That's we yeah, are. Oh, in of the, course. Come on. I, I mean, they are fighting. We're in the for, conversation. They are. Fi- I they are fighting for fourth. I I do. I you know there there are some people who say you know year of transition. I would just be happy with the top eight finish. <laughs> come on. Come on. Yeah, um, it's, it can't happen. Yeah, now, yeah. obviously, we do have to admit they do have weak spots, but I, I know. Right. I, I, see, I think part of it, too, is just the way the season ended last season. You have the lockdown, no football for a few months. They play, they, they, they play well to begin. Then they have that three or four match losing streak. Then they play good again against pretty weak opponents, if we're being quite honest with ourselves. And then they go against Sevilla and just 
without yeah. question, one of the yeah. worst performances uh, pre or In post years. lockdown. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> so I, I, I think the way they ended the season really put a, um, what do you say, like a, like a bitter taste into everybody's mouth as to how they perhaps feel about this team. But come on, uh, even bringing in Milik, getting rid of Jekyll, I still think Milik, even if he doesn't have one season left on his of deal, course. this is a guy who, in most cases, and I think this is the reason why Roma are going after him, this is a 40 to 50 million euro striker, all things being even. If, if, and he's 26. Oh, that's, yes. that's the other thing. You're, you're, you're getting rid of a guy who's 34 and taking a guy who's 26. So that's that right there is already enough of a reason to have him there. And then again, I think people just speak too much of, of a downgrade. This is, it's really not that big of a step down. Again, there are some things that Jekyll does brilliantly that nobody ever will do uh, here around it because he's one a very particular player. Um, there aren't many like him. Uh, I, I still think he's very underrated on a on a on an international yes. level. But Je- but but Milik uh, can do many other things that Jekyll can't. And Milik can offer you some things. For example, Jesus Christ, I hope that going into this season, Pellegrini um, is not our is not the guy taking our free kicks. Just tell me, please, somebody go go and, and talk to him and tell him you cannot take our free kicks. It has to be Milik or Vert. I was just about to say the new hierarchy is, first off, it's Milik, Milik, Milik. Milik is number one. Vertu right. has to be number, number two. I, I don't even know who third is. Let's be honest. We are in the run for a fourth spot along with Milan, along with Napoli, um, along with Lazio. Uh, so the only teams that I'm putting really a, a step ahead of everyone is Juve, Inter, and Atalanta because that's uh, those are the teams that are not going to take their foot off the gas. So Atalanta, I don't know what to expect from them. I, I, I really don't because part of me says, okay, there's no way they could repeat last season, right? Very difficult. You're playing Champions League again. I still think Depth-wise, they do have some challenges, but they proved last season that it wasn't an issue. It wasn't an issue, but last season was an right, anomaly exactly. for every single club. Napoli, admittedly, I do like what they've done this summer. I just don't know because part of me says Gattuso, just tactically, this guy is not very good. They play very sort of basic football right. it, 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 and there's nothing wrong with playing basic football i mean they won the copa Italia last season there's uh, again that that's not an insult to him at all it's just that this is a guy who is not going to outsmart you from a tactic standpoint his team just may have a better attitude and who knows right. after ancelotti maybe that's exactly what they needed a guy who is going to get on them and you know sm- yeah he's per- he was perfect to get a reaction out of them i thought that was the the smartest uh, choice they could have made in in that particular moment it's just the questions are long term exactly so all right so you think roma fighting for fourth give me your f- give me your top 6 Make your prediction. My my top my top six are uh, I still I still believe Juve. Me too. Um, number one. Uh, then it's then it's then it's Inter. Then it's uh, Atalanta. Then uh, four. Um, hmm, I if I have to choose between between uh, Lazio, Napoli, and Milan, and and uh, yeah, and us, I still go. I would still put Napoli ahead of us. 
then us, then Milan, and then Lazio. I, you can call me a hater um, or a Romanista, but it just I, I'm not seeing Lazio doing all this all over again while playing Champions League football. Me too. I, I think, just like Atalanta, I think their depth is the big question mark. I still think there's going to be a regression to to the mean because I I don't know. I just don't see them repeating what they did. I, what are the odds they can beat Juve all those times again too? I, I just find it very, very difficult. Um I don't know. I, I just I think my top as you just mentioned, mine is was I have it written down right here, was the exact same as yours. Um except mine was Atalanta finishing fourth. Napoli okay. finishing third, Inter second, um, Juve first, Roma fifth, and then Milan, Lazio. I just think I just think to end it here, I just think that Atalanta are one of those teams that they can basically replace players on and on. Doesn't matter who plays, whether it, it is Castagna or anybody else. Gasperini still finds a way to make this work, and that's I think that's the biggest advantage over all the other teams that have shown major inconsistencies throughout the last years. All right, everybody, let us know what your predictions are. Roma's predicted finish. Do you think top four? Um, or are you more of the pessimists? Like I spoke about earlier, do you, th- do you think top eight? Let us know. Very curious to hear your feedback. So that's where we will leave it. We will be back after this weekend's opening match tomorrow against Verona. So as always, thank you so, so much for listening. Stay safe and let's hope for the best tomorrow. Ciao. Ciao.